Hey everybody, welcome into this end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast coming to you on a Thursday. Jake Wallace back after a short little vacation. Lindsey Goff joining me as we get ready for state quarterfinal Friday in the state of Georgia. And uh, Lindsey, a lot to look forward to in our area. We've got eight area teams left in the Elite Eight, five at home on Friday night. And uh, this part of the season, this time of year to me is when you can really start to feel like we might have a really special season at hand for teams. You know, getting to this point is great, but I think coaches, players, even fans of these teams start looking at it and go, man, we're just a couple wins from the ultimate goal. There's no reason to think we can't do it now, right? Right. Just a couple of wins from Atlanta. You know, the first playoff win I think is always exciting because you have to get over that hump, but then – after you're kind of in the thick of it, once you hit the elite eight, you realize like, you know, we have, we have a shot at this realistically. We just need what two wins to get to Atlanta, three to win a state title. So uh, definitely a fun time of the year. Yeah. And, and this Friday night's going to be a lot of fun. I think as we play into really middle December and um, as we mentioned, five area home games on Friday, including two, actually three home games here in Chatham County, two in Class A private. And that's where we're going to focus a little bit of our attention today as a a pair of of crosstown rivals each look to advance to the Final Four in a single A private. And we'll start with with Savannah Christian at home against a Wesleyan Wolves team that eliminated them a year ago in this very round. It was a 42-16 win by Wesleyan in the state quarters a year ago. Baker Woodward and the Raiders can get a little revenge on the number five team in the state. The Raiders have been, you know, red hot lately, seven wins in a row. Um, Lindsay, we spent a lot of time talking about Spencer Robichaux and, and how he's really led this offense and, and been so good this season at quarterback for Savannah Christian. But how about George Futch, who's really come on in the last few games? He, he's been a weapon all season, but he has been – just a stud the last two games for for SC. Yeah, five total touchdowns over the last two games, um, four receptions, one kickoff return uh, for the junior wide receiver. The Raiders certainly looked the part this year. They're 10 and one, um, number eight in class A private. And I doubt they've forgotten who eliminated them and ended their season last year so I think this could be a really really fun matchup Friday night in Pooler and they've got him at home last year it was on the road at Wesleyan but you know speaking of that game last year the Raiders know exactly what Wesleyan's going to try to do they're going to try to run the ball on Griffin Caldwell uh, the junior running back is a big part of that uh, over 1200 rushing yards 16 touchdowns this season he went for a buck 88 and four against Christian last year in that win. So Baker Woodward and, and Savannah Christian know exactly what they're going to have to do to beat Wesley on Friday. It's, it's slow down Caldwell, slow down that running game. Uh, if they can do it, Savannah Christian will be headed to the semifinals and they'll be at home. Uh, Christian will, if they win after the coin flip that happened yesterday and uh, they'll get the winner of Prince Avenue and Eagles landing. That's a one, two matchup number one versus number two in the state quarters, the winner coming to Savannah if Christian can get past Wesleyan 
on Friday night. Really looking forward to that game. I think it's going to be one of the, the area's best and, and one of the state's best, two really good teams. And I think Christian can prove something to a lot of, a lot of people. I think a lot of uh, pollsters, I think a lot of kind of experts across the state have kind of been waiting for Christian to kind of prove it this season. A win over Wesleyan would certainly do that if the Raiders can get to the state semifinals. Just across town in Midtown Savannah, we'll have Calvary Day hosting George Walton. Uh, the Cavaliers getting some help from, from the Bulldogs of George Walton, who went on the road last week, knocked off a number one seed as a three seed. And so, hey, Calvary back at home. And that was something that, that Mark Stroud talked about after their first round game was canceled. That was their only guaranteed home game. And so he had talked about, you know, the disappointment of not getting that home game. Well, Mark. Cavaliers, here you go. Here's your home game, and you get it against a pretty good George Walton team. Uh, Calvary, we talked about last week. Can, you can kind of set your watch by them. Their fourth state quarterfinal appearance in five years for the Cavs. And, and last week, they did it on the back of, of their Army commit at running back, Greg Daniel, and that great offensive line Calvary's got. Um, you know, Daniel's been tremendous all season, over 1,400 yards, according to Georgia High School Football Daily. Um, and I think he's been a big part of the offense as, as steady as he is. It's allowed that freshman quarterback and Jake Merklinger to, to come along as a true freshman and, and get himself prepared and ready for big moments like this. A true freshman. <laughs> um, the the only know. kind of freshman in high school. The only kind in high school. But um, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's always helpful when you can kind of have a leader on the offense to take some of that pressure off of your quarterback and you kind of have overliable there in the backfield with you as an option and as a weapon and he's certainly a weapon um as Calvary's eight and four heading into this matchup GWA is nine and three so I would say this is a pretty evenly matched uh game yeah, I you know I think Cal you know George Walton will come in favored. They're ranked in this in this private rankings, um, but Calvary has shown a lot to me over the last few weeks. Um, they've really played well. I thought going on the road last week and and knocking off an FPD team on the road and kind of one of those defensive slugfest grinded out games the way they did, I thought proved a lot. And I think. They're going to come back to, to Midtown Savannah and be and be fired up, ready to go. They should have a great crowd Friday night at home. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this one. And I think, you know, if Calvary can get in and, and Savannah Christian can get in and, and, you know, Savannah representing half of the Class A private Final Four, that'd be certainly a great thing for, for our area and, and football in this city. Uh, looking forward and for to us. this one as well. <laughs> well, yeah, and for us as Gives well. Gives us but, something to do. Yeah, I think um, – this would be a, a really good story for, for a Calvary team that's maybe kind of gone a little under the radar, even um, kind of in our area. I think a lot of the talk, so much of the talk has been about Savannah Christian or what that offense has done, that Calvary has steadily improved as the season has gone on and now really, you know, feels comfortable in who they are and, and what they want to do. And uh, they get a home game in the state quarterfinals. And, and honestly, you can't really ask for much more than that. Okay, over at Memorial Before Stadium, we move on. I want to give a shout out to the other Calvary football team. Last night, I was at Calvary Wednesday night. Um, their girls flag football team in their first season being sanctioned, and they picked up a pair of wins to move to the Sweet 16. 
They got a 19 to six win over Stockbridge and a nine nothing win over Carver Columbus. So the boys, not the only football team moving on in the playoffs. Yeah. The, the flag football off to a pretty great start in uh, Georgia, the first year sanctioned as a GHSA sport and a couple of teams in our area, including Calvary uh, making playoff runs for the first time in school history so cool note there and something we're, we're gonna we're certainly following uh as the the i guess you could say the traditional quote unquote state playoffs are going on we've also got the flag football playoffs going on and that's been such a cool thing i think in the state of georgia um not just for for you know football fans but really for for all the schools that are participating i think that's a great thing that i uh, really looking forward to seeing those state championships they're going to be played in atlanta uh, the same weekend as the uh, the state football championships that we always see in December. So looking forward to that. Okay, now moving on. Memorial Stadium, Benedictine at home hosting Riverdale, the cadets. Fourth in class, Quad A hosting a Raider team making their first state quarterfinal appearance since 1998. And, and Lindsay, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but Benedictine continuing to show just how explosive they can be on offense. They trailed... Cairo early um, in that game last week, 17-3, kind of through the first quarter in a few minutes, and then just racked off points, 42 points in the final two and change uh, for a 45-23 win over the Surrett Makers uh, a week ago and back in the quarterfinals. This has become almost a yearly tradition uh, for BC, their seventh Elite Eight appearance in eight years. Yeah, you talked about setting your watch by Calvary. I think you can do the same thing with BC and expecting a playoff run from the cadets. And it seemed like last week, because I was there early and they didn't score a ton, uh, they kind of got off to a slow start. It took Cairo just a minute 15 to score on that BC defense uh, early on. But then something happened and they got it together and just rattled off points like you mentioned. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out early against Riverdale. And, and this team can do that. And you find this sometimes, especially in, in high school football, where it just kind of snowballs. You know, you get that momentum and then every pass seems to get a few extra yards. Every pass seems to be a little bit more, a little bit better connection. And, and, and Benedictine can do it with the best of them. And, and they showed it last week. And it's something that to me makes them even more a contender because it feels like they can make up deficits quickly and they can extend leads very, very quickly. Just a couple possessions and suddenly a game can that was close can be out of hand or a game that was starting to get that way is suddenly a lot closer than it, than it was just a few minutes before. That, that's a good thing this time of year. And this is a Riverdale team, Lindsay, that defensively has been very, very good, especially in games they've won. The Raiders have allowed just 85 points this season, but in those eight wins they have this year, they've allowed just 30 points. They have five shutout victories this season. They haven't allowed more than 17 points in their eight wins, but as we mentioned, 55 points have been allowed in their two losses. So they have given up some points to, to really good teams. We'll see if Benedictine can kind of be the third team this year to, to figure out this Raider defense and be able to put some points on the board. And, and one, one other note, you know, all the, all eight teams remaining in the class four, a bracket are one seeds. 
So uh, it's been chalk all across the board in class 4A. Benedictine going to look to be one of the four one seeds to reach the class 4A semifinals. Really looking forward to that game. And I think, I think Benedictine might be able to kind of just remind everybody just how good they are this weekend or against a really good Riverdale team. Few other games of note. Uh, we got another home game down in Metter at the Jungle. The Tigers looked like the number one team in the state last week against Mitchell County. Ran off to a 35 uh, 0 halftime lead. Had a, a defensive touchdown, another defensive touchdown for this Tiger uh, defense. They get a Warren County team that that took advantage of some Macon County turnovers. Uh, last week to get to the state quarterfinals. Metter will be a big favorite in this one. If they can hold the form they had last week against the Eagles, they might run right past the Screaming Devils and uh, get to the, the state semifinals. Uh, looking forward to that one at the Jungle Friday night. And then how about Applin County, Lindsay, going on the road, taking on Greater Atlanta Christian, a powerhouse team in the state of Georgia. Yeah, uh, Greater Atlanta Christian, and we hear about them a lot, I feel like, and this is Applin County's first quarterfinal since 2011. Um, it, it should be, I think, a fun matchup. Applin County has been so good this season, and uh, if they were to get this win, <laughs> I think that would really uh, call a lot of attention to their program and open a lot of eyes throughout the state of Georgia. Yeah, the Spartan team from GAC, they've cruised 70-7, uh, to 7, I think, the combined score of the first two rounds. But Appling County's done the same thing, honestly. And it, it, it's a little surprising. You know, the Pirates are averaging 43.5 points a game. They lead Class AAA. And, and when you think of offenses and, and teams that score a bunch of points, the wing T is not typically what comes to mind but they just run it so well. And, and Rick Tomberlin's got his team gelling and they've got so many athletes that, that to help run it, they are just tremendous. They are a fun machine to watch when they get going. And they're going to try to do it up at GAC um, Friday night in a game I think could be a little closer than, than, than folks might think it will. I think the Maxwell has this a relatively close game, but I think some people might look around and go, Applin County's got no chance against GAC. I think the Pirates might go up there and surprise a lot of people. Looking forward to that one on Friday night. So, Lindsay, uh, state quarterfinal Friday, I'm, I'm really excited. I think this is going to be one of the best Fridays of the year in terms of uh, games and, and, and the stakes, all that is, is obvious, but we've got a lot of really good matchups and a big Friday night in terms of home games and teams at home and communities that are going to be able to rally around their boys. Yeah, it's exciting. And we've got a good slate because we do have so many home games. We've got a good slate coming for you guys uh, during the news at 11. So we're excited to bring it to you guys. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Be sure to join us tomorrow night during the news at 11. Lindsay and I have highlights and scores from all around the area. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.